Welcome to this week's episode of the North Bible Church Podcast. Now, let's join our pastor as we open God's Word together. Good morning. What's up, church? How's everyone doing this morning? Hey, my name is Adam. I'm one of the pastors here at North Bible. Uh, So excited to be up here today. Pastor Larry sends his greetings from Poland. Uh, He is across the pond, and uh, and, uh, so I get to to be here with you guys. Joy. All right, here we go. Really? Wow, thank you. All right. Uh, Best Summer Ever is our summer campaign, and really looking forward to it. And so I wanted to start off with a question, what is your best summer ever? Can you think back? Maybe it's like, oh, boom, 2018, already. It was just last year. It was amazing. Maybe it's like, I got to go in the Wayback Machine, because it's been kind of a rough little patch here. But uh, what, what makes that, that summer for you the best summer ever? What are the components of it? As I was thinking about what was my best summer ever? I, I had a couple contenders, you would say. I mean, one definitely rose to the top of the pack, but I started off thinking, you know, 1987, great summer, my very first summer, very memorable. So that's a contender. Uh, 2005 was a great summer for me. I graduated high school and kind of felt freedom, no homework. Don't have to wake up early, go to school. And uh, so that was kind of short-lived, though, because then college came. And so 2010, I graduated from college and then had that freedom again. And got, got to even come out here in 2010 for an internship for the summer. Um, some, some great years. But far and away, my best summer ever happened in 2013. And it all kicked off with a wedding. Kayla and I got married May 25th. 2013, we call it Bente Cinco de Mayo, and it was, a, it was a great party, great ceremony. Look at those little kids there. Fresh face. Uh, yeah, it's good. We've come a long way. But uh, right after that, uh, we went on our honeymoon. We traveled down uh, south of the border, went to Mexico, all-inclusive resort. It was amazing. Had some amazing adventures. Uh, and then a couple, couple months later, uh, Kayla and I actually moved out here. We traveled across the country, moved to Phoenix. July 30th, we crossed the border. We entered into Arizona, and whatever reason, we decided to take a picture with these sunglasses. I think 30 hours in a moving truck just kind of makes you get crazy. So uh, we came here, came on staff. Uh, have, have been, you know, has, has been a privilege to be on staff leading the middle school ministry. And in fact, on August 11th, I don't have a picture, but August 11th, 2013 was the birthday of our middle school ministry when we finally, you know, we had 7th and 8th graders that were part uh, of the, the high school ministry as well. And 6th graders were still a part of children's ministry, but we finally combined 6th, 7th, and 8th grade and middle school ministry was born. Can I get a applause from the... Any middle schoolers in here? Or if you were in middle school in 2013, yeah, that was a great time. But I was trying to think, like, what exactly were the components of that summer that, that make it stick out in my mind so vividly, right? Was it the freedom? Was it the no homework? Was it the adventure? And I think the thing that comes to the top of the list for me is relationships, all the relationships that I experienced in that summer, everything was clicking, everything, I was just so grateful. I think about our wedding ceremony and all the people who were there showing love and support for Kayla and I. 
obviously our parents and siblings, grandparents, like they had to be there, but they still came. But there are other people who didn't have to be there, still uh, took time out of their day, traveled. You know, it was in northern Indiana, so a lot of people from my side of the family had to drive a couple hours to get there from Columbus. Uh, our friend Wes flew across the country to show support on that day. Very grateful for that. A lot of other people, my, like people who I grew up with, and they got to see me like when I was super annoying and immature, and they got to see like the evolution of my personality, but they still showed up to support me. People like uh, Dale and Kathy George and Burke and Lynn Tuggle, my youth pastor from middle school and high school, Ruckus Goat. Yes, that was his name, Ruckus Goat. Um, it's a great youth pastor. But I, I could go on and on with like all of the people, like until the orchestra comes up and plays me off the stage. I'm not going to do that. But I just think about all the relationships, all the people who are supporting me, the, the groomsmen. I mean, just people who, who showed love and support during that season of life. And then obviously moving out to Phoenix, Kayla and I realized that nice people and godly people don't just live in the Midwest. They're here in Phoenix too. And so God uh, gave us new friends and new family here at North Bible Church, new relationships, and all of these things kind of coming together uh, just really made that the best summer ever. It's, it's all about the people. And I saw a comic this week I wanted to show you guys. I really resonated with it. It's this customer at a store, and the clerk says, Have you been helped, sir? And the customer says, by so many people my entire life, just this moment of reflection, <sighs> yes, I have, by so many people. And that's, that's my reality. That's my story. I'm not a self-made man, uh, a self-made person. Like, you know, I've seen articles about the Kardashians, about how Kylie Jenner is self-made. Okay, sure. Uh, no, there's people who have really actually, like, poured into my life. I'm not a self-made man, and people made me the person that I am, and relationships made 2013 the best summer ever for me. And you guys, I've got a really good feeling about 2019 as well, okay? And so here at, at church, at North Bible, we're going to help you make 2019 the best summer ever as well. Not just for you, but for all the people in your life who make up the most important relationships. And we're going to focus on three things. We kind of saw them on the screen earlier. There are three simple things that if we do this, uh, they're, they're great components to help make it the best summer ever. Number one, have fun. Number two, be intentional. And number three, stay connected. Well, this morning, we're going to look at a passage in the Bible that I think is one of the most influential passages in all of Scripture. And it's found in Deuteronomy chapter 6 in the Old Testament. This passage actually has a lot to say about relationships. And so what we're going to do, we're going to look at the passage, and we're going to see how this passage emphasizes those relationships. We're going to apply them to our lives. And so if you have your Bible, you can uh, crack it open to Deuteronomy 6. If not, it'll be on the screen for all of us to read. Starting in verse 4, hear, O Israel. Okay, I just wanted to pause real quick so you guys knew it was hear, O Israel. When I was reading this with Kayla, she thought I kept saying hero, Israel. Like it was like an Avengers name or something. No, it's, it's hear, comma, O Israel. And this is what Israel is supposed to hear. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. 
Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. I love this passage. I just love the, the beauty uh, of, of the prose in this passage. And you kind of see the parallelisms here about how Moses, the writer, he says, do this and do that. Do this and do that. And it's just reinforcing uh, the commandment. It's, it's beautiful. And the, the ancient Hebrews had a name for this passage. And the, and the word in Hebrew was Shema. Shema is the very first word of this passage. It's the word here. And so oftentimes when we read scripture, um, maybe, I don't know, maybe it's just me. I, should, I shouldn't throw you guys under the bus too. But I read scripture and it's kind of in one ear and out the other, right? I'm just kind of reading it to check it off my list. And then I go on my merry way and don't really have any recall. It hasn't washed over me. It hasn't sunk in. Anyone else out there or is it just me? <laughs> okay. Listen, I had a conversation with a friend earlier this week. We were preparing for the silent auction, and it was just an insane, crazy week of planning and prep and putting everything together. And it did come together quite nicely. And like Wes said, uh, we raised a ton of money and had a lot of fun doing it. So thank you for everyone who participated in that. But sometime in the midweek, I'm not going to name any names, but someone came to me in my office was like, hey, I know you've got a lot on your plate. Is there a task or something that I can do to help you to, to kind of, you know, ease your burden? I was like, yeah, thank you so much. That's, that's awesome. So I gave this person, him or her, a task to do. I explained it pretty clearly, and I saw that person um, above the cubicle because that person is tall and has a bald head, and they took two steps, and they stopped... And that person, I'm not going to name names, but they said, hey, can you start over? I wasn't listening at all, and I have no idea what you said. (laughs) In one ear and out the other, right? And I laughed because it's not just me. I think all of us have this uh, tendency sometimes, and we get this blank face, this blank look like, oh, I I have no idea what was just communicated to me. I, I listened, but I wasn't actually hearing it, right? And so the Shema, that word actually has this connotation, hear it, but also obey it. Let it sink in. Let it wash over you. Let it transform your life. Put it into practice. Because we, we skip over that with, with the Bible sometimes too, right? James 1, uh, it says, anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a person who looks at a mirror And after looking at his face, he looks at himself, he goes away, and immediately forgets what he looks like. I think that's you and I sometimes, but this is a great reminder. Moses is saying, hey, listen in to what I'm about to tell you. This is an important commandment. It's a pretty big deal, and so I want your full undivided attention here. In fact, this commandment in Deuteronomy chapter 6, Jesus later claims that it is the greatest commandment in all of Scripture to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And so if this is the greatest commandment, if we don't actually hear this and we don't obey, I think that we are missing out totally on the entire point of our faith. And so we're going to look at a couple 
things that this passage emphasizes when it comes to relationships. That's the theme for this week, this summer, relationships. And the very first relational emphasis in this passage is building your relationship with God. It starts between you and your heavenly Father. Love the Lord your God with everything that you have, the passage says. And then it goes on in verse says it's in verse 6, I'm sorry. It says, "These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. So this is a personal thing. This, this is between you and the Lord. That's our first priority. And so when you're, you know, on your phone or on social media, before you start sharing that you version, you know, scripture verse of the day, or before you Facebook that Toby Mac quote or whatever it is that you like to pass on to your followers, I want you to make sure that whatever it is that you're passing on that you've actually spent time and let it change you, let it influence you. We're not merely uh, parrots or, you know, it's not a telephone game from, from the Bible to someone else, but it applies to our lives first and foremost. I think that when you actually love God with everything that you have, people are going to notice. People are going to recognize there's something different in your life. And that might not be the entire goal of loving God. Obviously, if we're loving God, that's the goal. That's what we want to do. We want to love him, honor him, uh, give glory to him. But people people notice that, and and that's the reality. Uh, People see our lives. People see the love that we have. And, uh, and Jesus says that when we are changed by him, we become the salt of the earth and we become the light of the world. And so people do notice. If you've got a relationship with him that you're entirely focused on, it also does apply to the people around you. And so I think that our faith, it should be winsome. Isn't that a great word, winsome? It's a great adjective. Winsome, it should be attractive, it should draw people in, it should make people notice and say, hey, they've got something in their life that's different from me, and that's something that I want. And quite frankly, our faith should be fun. Uh, there, there should be a fun element to our, our faith, and I'm not saying that it has to be every hour of every day. Life certainly has its ups and downs, but people are going to notice how you navigate. How do they handle adversity? How do they treat people around them? How do they, uh, how do they respond to moments of crisis? And, and what do they fall back on in those moments? People notice. And so where does the fun come in? I think fun has the ability uh, for people to enter into relationships. It's the entry point. And so it's easy to connect with someone when you're having fun. You're going out and playing golf together or you're, you know, serving at VBS together, which is super fun, by the way, and you should all do it. But when you're having fun, you're, you're able to connect with people in, in ways that maybe non-fun people don't connect, right? And so when people are getting closer to you, when, when you're having fun together, what is it that they see? The hope of of this passage is that they see that you love God with all of your heart and with all your soul and with all of your strength. 
And so, in the New Testament, when Jesus does quote the Shema, this passage, this command as the greatest commandment, he also puts a, a, a second commandment right beside it, which is, love your neighbor as yourself. When we prioritize our vertical relationship with God, it impacts every other relationship. Okay, relational emphasis number two, leveraging your relationship with others. That's loving your neighbor as yourself. You've, you've, you're focusing on God, but it's impacting the people around you as well. And how do we do that from a practical standpoint? It's by being intentional with your relationships, being intentional with your actions. If you look at this passage, you see how many action words are in here, how many verbs. It's talking about impressing these things on your children, talking about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. You have to be intentional with all of your actions throughout the entire course of your day. And so a lot of this passage is kind of focused on parenting, is it not? It's talking about children, and I think that's good. Parents, we, uh, we want to come alongside you because you are the primary spiritual influences in your home. You are the primary vehicle for discipleship with your family, and as a church, we want to come alongside you to support you in that process. But if you're not a, a parent, I don't want you to check out right now because there's a lot of good stuff in here for, for all of us. And so my question, parent or non-parent, is this. How are you being intentional with your relationships? And what, what does that mean? For me, being intentional, it means not missing a moment. It means not letting that, that moment kind of slip through my grasp, right? You all know what moments that I'm talking about where you're in a situation, it's like, I feel like I should say something here, or I feel like there's something important that could be communicated, but you're kind of hesitant. It's awkward. I'm not sure how it will be received. And so when you don't do that, when you, when you withdraw, those are the moments that keep you up at night. That's what keep me up at night. And I think about all the times where I could have stepped in and, and been intentional. I could have taken action in a moment or in a relationship and helped someone. And so when we're intentional, we step up, we speak up, we take initiative. We say, this is, this is far too important to me and, and to this person and to our relationship for me to sit on the sidelines one more time. I, I'm, I'm all in. I'm pushing all of my chips on the table right now. That is intentionality. And guys, there, there are many times where I get this very, very wrong. There, there are times where I'm sitting at home in the living room just kind of scrolling on my phone just trying to see what's happening in the world of sports and, uh, and culture. I'm on Twitter. I'm just doing my thing. And everything else around me is just noise. I've kind of tuned everything out. But then I kind of snap to it because my daughter, Violet, has been trying to get my attention. And I've kind of, you know, she's fallen back into the, the silence of the room. But she's, like, getting so frustrated that it comes to a point and she snaps and she yells, Daddy, look at me with your eyes. And it's happened 
several times, and it's, it's funny, I laugh to keep from crying, but, you know, she's heard us ask her to do the same thing. You know, we're asking her to look at us when we're talking, and so the same respect that we uh, expect out of her, now she is crying out for me to give her my attention, and I'm missing that moment with my daughter. And so I ask you, how are you leveraging your relationship with others? Parents, how are you leveraging your relationship with your kids? How are you being intentional? And I want to stop right now and and pause for a second. I want to say something to the people in the room who you guys need to let yourselves off the hook. What what this passage in Deuteronomy chapter 6 is not saying is that as a parent that you are responsible for the salvation, the choice that is made uh, by your children. And it's not saying that every mistake or misstep on their part can be traced back to a failure on your part. That's not what this passage is saying, but, but you kind of feel the weight of that. Your, your children aren't making wise decisions and you feel guilty and burdened. Did I do something wrong? This passage isn't saying any of that. It's saying um, that we are called as people who have a particular influence in relationships to be good stewards of those relationships, to hear and obey what Deuteronomy says, to love God, but to also pour that into the people around us. I remember very poignantly a moment in one of my seminary classes We're talking about the theology of salvation and all the different aspects that come into that, right? And it was kind of pretty academic. We were talking about election and justification and perseverance. And it was kind of up here at like a head head level. But it got real personal real fast because perseverance is, is we talk about once saved, always saved, or can you lose your salvation? And uh, a girl in the room raised her hand. And she was a mom, and she asked the professor, what about my son who grew up in the church but now has walked away from the faith? And you could feel the pain in her heart. You could feel the burden that she carried for her, for her child, her loved one. And what was totally up here in an academic sense, it gripped every single one of our hearts in the room. And we all felt that pain. I'm a, I'm a parent of a four-year-old and a two-year-old. And, and that thought crosses my mind all the time as a parent. There's nothing I want more for my children than to know the Lord in their lives. And so I know there's people in this room who are struggling with that. For children who have walked away from their faith. And I just want to encourage you. Pray. Trust God with what is out of your control, but also be a good steward by hearing and obeying what God says you can control. So I hope that encourages you. I want to show you a little chart here that talks about influence that that you can have. If you're a parent or not a parent, I do have ages down here that kind of represent uh, a parent and a child relationship. But I want to talk about the difference between positional influence and relational influence. Positional influence is, it's based on your position. It's when you pull rank. It's when you tell someone, because I said so, right? 
You're the, I, I'm the parent, you're the child. I'm the teacher, you're the student. I'm the CEO, you're the employee. And you pull rank, and quite honestly, it works great uh, when kids are really little. Um, they listen to you, but over the course of time, that influence goes down and down and down. After time, it just becomes a command with no empathy. And when you say, because, because I said so, it becomes for that other person that they're going to do it, but only because they have to. A relational influence, um, this is something that we should all be building. This is something that we can be intentional with our families. We can be intentional with our coworkers, with our neighbors. Relational influence isn't because I said so, but it's because you can trust me. And because I've earned that. And this should be built over time. Every day. Every interaction. You should be pouring uh, relational influence. And you should be intentional with, with your friends and with your family. And so if you don't have a kid, how, what are ways that you can build relational influence? How can you be intentional with the people in your life? I came up with a list. First is one-on-one discipleship of a young person. There's people in this room right now who could really use uh, your wisdom in their life. And it takes intentionality, and it might be awkward to take initiative to call them up and say, hey, let's go grab some coffee. But that's one way that you can wield relational influence and that you can be intentional. Number two, vulnerability with your community group. For me, like it's super easy sometimes to just come into our community group, eat some good food, uh, keep everything at a surface level, crack a few jokes and go home. But if you want to be intentional with your relationships, maybe it's time to start opening up, being vulnerable, being authentic and honest about what you're dealing with, how people can pray for you. Forgiveness takes intentionality. So does engaging in respectful and good faith dialogue with someone who you might not agree with. And so does simply showing up for someone that you love, whether it's for a concert or a a performance or maybe just in the everyday life, showing up and giving them your time and your attention. So that's how we can leverage our relationship with each other. Number three, our third relational emphasis is leveraging your kid's relationship with other trusted adults. If you notice in the passage, right off the top, it doesn't say here, O mom and dad only. It says here, O Israel. And so this is for the entire community, the entire body of faith. And it could just as easily say here, O North Bible Church. Right? How are you going to impact the people in our midst? I love how 1 Timothy chapter 5 says it. Do not rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him as if he were your father. Treat younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, and younger women as sisters with absolute purity. And so the people that make up this room that make up this church, you look across the aisles and the rows, and you're not sitting next to strangers or acquaintances. You're sitting next to brothers and sisters in Christ, mothers and fathers, sons and and daughters. 
And I love that. We are a church family, and Pastor Larry says that all the time. But, but as a family, that means we treat each other as a family with, with respect. And, and do I have any memers out here? Anyone love a good meme? I found this meme that kind of uh, plays on this idea. If you want to throw this up here, Gary. Christians at church be like, glad to see you, brother. Hulk Hogan, anyone? I, I do love, uh, love that idea that we're a church family. I did want to throw that in there, but we can move on. Here's something that I want you to catch here. Even if you're not a biological mother, that you can still have a motherly impact and influence in people's lives, people that need you. You can still be that person, that, that uh, trusted adult who loves them and can disciple them. Because in student ministry, we see statistics that bear out over and over again two of the, the biggest factors for a child who becomes a teenager, who becomes a young adult and maintain their faith throughout that entire course. The two main factors is uh, spiritual influence of parents. And secondly, it's that it's bolstered by a relationship with another wise and godly adult. That's why we do student ministry here. That's why we have volunteers who come alongside parents and assist them. The parents, you guys are the main vehicles for discipleship, but we've got a great team of students of, of leaders, excuse me, who I trust, who the church trusts, and that love you, love the Lord, and love your kids. And so we're all in this together. Moms and dads, I want to encourage, encourage you too. Like this is something, maybe, you're, maybe your kids are holding faith at arm's length, or maybe they say, no, I don't want to go to church right now. Keep praying, keep showing them love, keep fighting for that relationship, keep communicating that, say, there's nothing that you can do that's going to make me love you any more or any less, and, and I know that's a, that's a, a struggle, that's a, a season of difficulty, but invite other people into that process. Invite other friends, adults, people who can speak God's truth in their lives. They may be saying the exact same thing that you have said over and over and over again, but because it's someone else, they might just hear it from them. And if you don't have kids, if you're in this room, you're not a parent, maybe you're a couple, maybe you're single, can we just take time right now to acknowledge and recognize the role that you play in a body like this. That you have gifts, you have wisdom that you can share with the people around you, and there are people that need to hear from you. You can contribute to people who are following in your footsteps. And so we're going to try and stay connected. That's, you know, have fun, be intentional, and stay connected. I know in Phoenix, it's super easy to get disconnected, especially in the summertime. This is technically my eighth summer here in the Valley. Um, and so I've seen other people get disconnected. And then now, you know, I've felt in my own life this pull to become disconnected. It's too hot. It's too busy. We've got vacations I'll just check back in, in in September. I know some of those, you know, vacations are great. I'm not slamming vacations. I'm not, you know, complaining about the heat. I love the heat. Um, but, but those are excuses that we make to get disconnected. And so I want to encourage you 
Be intentional about connecting with people this summer. The most important relationships in your lives, don't, don't take a step back, take a step in. And I do include the people in this room that are part of North Bible Church. And so how can we live this out practically? I, I think there's a couple ways for, for different people to take steps forward in being connected. Maybe you haven't joined a community group yet. Maybe you're sitting in this room and it's like you've heard about it, but that seems like a lot of effort. That seems like a lot of, yeah, vulnerability, and that's true, but it, it is great. And so I want to encourage you, step into a community group. Take the plunge. Uh, just do it right? Nike. Uh, Maybe the step for you is to reach out individually to a young person in this room and say, hey, can I get your number? Hey, let's let's go out to coffee sometime. I want to talk to you and see how I can be praying for you. And you take the initiative to disciple someone else. That's a way that you can be connected whether you have a child or not. And you're loving the Lord your God with your whole heart, soul, strength, but you're also loving your neighbor as yourself. Maybe, as a parent, you desire to be intentional with your kids, but you're not even sure where to start. And the good news I want to share with you today, you don't have to have a seminary degree if you're trying to impress these things on your kids. We've got a great wall of resources, uh, tools out in the lobby for uh, Home Point, and they've got different phases, different things as a parent you can do to help walk them along their discipleship journey. Uh, but especially today, we're kicking off the best summer ever. Um, we have out at the round table, before you walk out the exit doors today, Uh, Best Summer Ever Resources. It's a little packet that's got stuff in there, not just for moms and dads, but stuff in there for singles, for couples, grandparents. No matter what stage of life you're in, we want 2019 to be the best summer ever for you. And we want to give you the resources that just give you a little push into intentionality, a little push into being more connected, and a little push into having more fun. And so that's that's the goal for us this summer. I, wanna, I want us to be a, a church, a people who love God, but we love the people around us as well. And we take that seriously. No matter if you have close relationships or you feel like a loner, that God calls all of us to build relationships with the people around us as we continue to focus on a relationship with him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just stop right now and we thank you for, for North Bible Church, for this place we can come and and learn in our faith, we can worship, we can grow in our knowledge and our passion for you. We thank you for the the people that you've put in our lives, the people who are sitting next to us, the people at home, but you've carefully ordained each and every relationship in our lives. God, you give us influence, and we need your help as we navigate how do we use that influence to point people to you. God, would you get us out of comfort zones? Help us to engage. Help us to have fun, to be intentional, to stay connected. And help us to make 2019 the best summer ever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. North Bible Church is located in Scottsdale, Arizona and exists to equip all generations to love God, love one another, 
and love the world. For more information about North, please visit our website at northbiblechurch.com.